Welcome back to another episode of Limbless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Raya, and I'm here with my main man, Akash. Akash, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Vikram. Really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. So guys, Akash is joining me from across the pond. He's in the United Kingdom. Um, he is a professional bodybuilder, as you guys know. He is um, the founder and CEO of RT Fitness. And this is a program that I went through that literally changed my physique, my body, energy. And this is not because I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I've worked out most of my life. Uh, you know, I've done Spartans, Tough Mudders, but I didn't. There's something about the, I guess, the accountability, the, the organization, and just the inspiration and motivation to do it in such a precise way that. I, I got explosive results. So let me ask you this, uh, uh, Akash, you know, the typical people who listen to this podcast are high performers. They're doctors, they're, they're, they're professionals. They're already doing so well. Why is their health the last thing that sometimes falls through the cracks? Yes, it's a great question. It's because most of us, uh, we, we, we follow that false economy of, uh, using you know we, we think we think we think we're busy we think we've got a lot lots of things to get on with so going to the gym suddenly becomes a waste of time prepping your meals suddenly becomes a waste of time going for a walk is considered a waste of time because you could be using those hours to see patients to work on your business to drum up business whatever it may be so we see as um as a waste and it becomes a false economy because all that ends up happening is you actually become less productive less energetic you have less clarity of thought and all that extra time you saved from quote unquote working or quote unquote working more, you're actually losing because of your productivity is going down and your, your quality of work is, is diminishing as well. And I think in many high performers, um, it's only until we have a crisis moment or some sort of trigger moment that we think actually health and fitness is important. And then once we unlock it, it, it there's no way you can go back, right? If I said to you, Vikram, yeah, stop going to the gym now. Let's stop prepping your meals and let's stop going for walks. You tell me I'm crazy because you probably know that this is not a waste of time. This is actually business development time. 
you know, if you if you if you're optimizing your mind, you're optimizing your body. It's actually business development. It's working on the business because you are your number one asset in the business. Without without you, there is no business. Without you being your best doctor, there are the pay, your patients are going to suffer. So the way I fr- I frame it now, and the way I, I teach it to to high performers is. This is business development time. This is, or if you're not a business owner, this is career development time. There's, there's, there's no, there's no better asset than than yourself. And if you can prime your your mind, body, your soul, and 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 tune it to where you want it to be, everything else is going to be better. Oh my God, that was awesome, man. Uh, this is the pros I got from this, guys. It's really, you know, the success nowadays for all of us uh, high performers out there is energy management, and mm. the genesis of energy is health. And health is 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 a choice. It is a it is a strategy. It's not something that's casual. So people who are high performers, they're actively resting. They're actively uh, doing things to uh, you know propel their health forward. And the fact that we're we're thinking about you know taking a walk, working out, people think of that as like, man, I have to you know I have to take time away from my career, my work, my family to do that. No, this is allowing you to be much more productive in those times. And, and it's career development and business development. I love that. But think about when you come up with your best ideas. It's like when you're in the shower or it's when, it's when you're having a good conversation. Like today, for example, uh, I did a couple hours of work and then I, I went to do some cardio. And as I was on the stepper doing, doing my cardio, I was like, oh yeah, that's the thing I've been trying to crack for so long. Oh, I need to, I need to, I need to tell my team this because this is going to improve the system so much for, for X, Y, Z. And I wouldn't have had that if I was stuck on my laptop just bashing away at the keys, right? You need to almost take a step away from it. And when your mind is, when your body is moving in a in a in a very automatic way, like things like cardio or walking, where you're not thinking too much about, it. you don't have to think about how to walk, right? We just walk. But when your body is being, when your body is moving, it allows your mind and and your 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 body your your yourself to tap into your subconscious, and that's where the ideas start coming out of nowhere, and that's where your best thinking comes as well. Uh, so. I think we have to, when, once we have a few of those eureka moments, we start realizing that actually time on the laptop or time in our notebooks or whatever is, is, is great, but we should have done a lot of the thinking and the strategic stuff outside. And for, for me and, and, and for yourself and, and so many other high performers who've, who've cracked this, it's in the gym, it's in the showers, it's, it's, it's uh, coming out of a nap. Uh, it, it's having the full night's sleep. It's not sacrificing. You're not burning the midnight oil because you know all of these things are important. And and like you said, energy management is the hardest thing, right? It's it's not how many hours in the day you have. It's like how many productive hours can we get, and and how can we sustain a real high level of energy um, throughout the day? And and one of the things I do to to make it not even a decision, and we can touch on decision fatigue if you want, but is is installing these as non-negotiables at the start of every week so for me i know every day there's a hour booked in the diary for for training or cardio or or, or walking so, so let's let me let me just jump it's in there because uh, i want to stack onto that so this non-negotiable theory is actually my next question is like you know you've helped you know hundreds and hundreds of people all over the world not just in you know the us the uk but all of the world so it's a universal strategy that works for those that are really motivated and it helps transform their health and their body, but involves these non-negotiables. Uh, and you talk about in your book, what's the name of your book? So everyone can uh, pick it up on Amazon. Uh, transform your body, transform your life. Yeah. This book, literally he's giving everything away in the book. The, the information there is so valuable. And you talk about the non-negotiables, like such as the water, the weights, what are, can you, can you share with the, uh, the audience here? What are the basic non-negotiables? 
yeah, it's super simple. Uh, three to five 45 minute training sessions with, with, with resistance training. Uh, but again, that's if you enjoy weight training. For, for someone else, it could be anything else. Three to five resistance training sessions, uh, a nutrition plan that's automated and, and something you just follow every day, uh, eight to 10,000 steps a day, two to three liters of water minimum, and uh, seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Those are like the basic core fundamental habits. And then you just need to identify them as non-negotiable principles for your week, block them in your diary, get it done first thing, especially if you're a high performer and it's busy, because if you try and do it in between, try to squeeze in between a meeting at between 2 and 3 p.m., you're probably going to get caught up with something. Do it first thing, get it in the diary, put it non-negotiable, make that commitment, and then it just slowly becomes entrenched as a way of life. So a lot of people know these principles, and they're not rocket science, but they're so basic and we sometimes get the uh, get the get into the habit of the, the law of familiarity. We feel like something is so familiar. We sometimes uh, it, it, we don't think it's profound or anything. So, how is RNT Fitness or or the, the 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 methodology you've created? I mean, everyone knows this. You just told everyone this. Yeah. How come everyone's not walking around with a six pack? Yeah, because getting it done is another thing. You know, I can mm-hmm. give you the, the giving the blue giving the blueprint out is one thing. You know, the, the whole blueprint's in the book. If you follow the book, you don't need to, you don't need to do anything else. The blueprint's in the book, but everything's in execution. Execution is king, right? And what we have to do is is find every way we can to create uh, an environment of execution and environment of high performance. And this is why, you know, I talk about non-negotiables. Another thing, which I think helps so many people, is the the concept of decision fatigue. You know, as high performers, we're making decisions all the time, especially in our career. We've always got to make a number of decisions a day. But there's only a finite amount of decisions you can make each day. And if you're spending time worrying about whether you're going to eat chicken or turkey, if you're, if you're going to train at 6 p.m. or 9 p.m., if you're going to have your water, you're going to have two liters or three liters, all these mini decisions, what's going to happen when you get to the end of the day? You're going to have no decisions for, if no, you're going to have no quality decisions left. So when you, when you get to the end of the day, you've had a hard day at work, and you haven't cooked anything, do you think you're going to spend time cooking chicken or rice or do you think you're going to just call up a, a pizza takeaway? And I think that's where the execution element comes because you're not setting yourself up for success. Um, and once you know what your non-negotiables are, it's about making it as 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 foolproof as possible and uh, taking as much of the decision out as possible uh, so you can execute against it. So uh, from... Well, what, when I went through the program, what I learned was really that it's, it's creating this environment, like your environment reinforces or uh, your good behaviors or your bad behaviors. And what, what, you, what you've allowed your clients to do is construct an environment that's proactive, that's, uh, that's triggering these good behaviors. Plus, I, I think what, you know, what I found most important in anything, whether it's you know, coaching, uh, whether it's um, uh, training or any kind of program is professional accountability. Can, mm. you, can you speak on how how critical that is for people's success. Yeah, I think you need to have uh, all three layers of accountability covered. I think self-accountability comes through uh, the, 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 the moment that you realize you need to change, right? So you have a reason for doing this, your, your why and why you're doing this. And you can up the, up the ante on self-accountability by taking pictures every week, by weighing yourself daily. For me, these are very strong self-accountability measures to hold yourself to high standards. You know, everyone should should be able to take a picture of themselves and, and, and look at it and think, do I need to improve or not? Because your body is a representation of your mind. Your body is your scorecard. So that's the first level is, is your self-accountability. 
then you've got peer accountability, which is surrounding yourself with other people on this journey. And I think as high performers, surrounding yourself with other high performers who are also trying to achieve the same thing is a critical part of this because your environment dictates your performance. Uh, and, and the more you, know, you hear the adage of you are the average of the five people and, 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 all, and all these things, but it's true, right? And especially for fitness, because how many, of, how many people struggle to achieve their fitness goals because their social circles go against them and make it really hard for them? You know, when you go to an event and everyone's drinking beers and you just feel, you either feel peer pressure or you feel embarrassed or people take the piss out of you. It makes things harder. If you have high performers who are also on this journey together, it becomes easier to live a healthy and fit lifestyle. And then last of all, you have a coach or professional expert level accountability. And this is the, the person that, the, the, the personal team that calls you out on your bullshit, that, that uh, gets rid of the excuses and gives you the blueprint of what's to come on the journey and helps you get unstuck when you do get stuck, helps you stop making silly decisions. And also, uh, you know, if you're a great example, one of the things you told me uh, when, we, when we spoke on our podcast, you said RNT helped you turn decades into days. And that's what professional accountability can do because it gets rid of the guesswork and it stops you from uh, paralysis by analysis, which is another thing so many high performers feel guilty of because they think, oh, it's too simple. So let me try and complicate it in any way I can. Uh, yeah, three to five weight training sessions sounds too simple. Let me try and do six days a week that the, this flex bodybuilder does this month. The next month, I'm going to mix it all up and try something different. And, and next thing you know, you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting anywhere. Uh, because you know, the hardest thing is to keep it simple. So having all three layers of those accountability is super critical for anyone getting results. And that's ultimately, once you have the blueprint, accountability is what will drive the execution. Uh, I, you know, I, I've heard of accountability, obviously, and, you know, the, the professional accountability is where, where a lot of people focus on. But uh, guys, I hope you picked up what he just said. Self-accountability, then peer accountability, then professional accountability. You need the first two before you get the third one. And your body is your scorecard. You look at anybody when they stand up without their clothes on, you can tell, is their body a priority or not? Because mm. if they're taking decisions and actions, their body will transform. If they neglect, then their body will, you know, devolve. So that's awesome, bro. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I always ask this with some of my guests, and I want to ask this to you. In the last five years, what new beliefs, behavior, habit, or strategy has really improved your life? That's a great question. Uh, what belief, strategy, or habit has changed my life in the last five years? I can I can take I can take it from a few different angles if you, if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah. Go um, for it, brother. From a from a business perspective, I'd say the biggest one has been really trying to protect my energy by only doing. Um, creative, productive on the business work in the morning and being very intentional about not having meetings, emails and Slack until I've done what's most important. And for me, the, I read it in, in, in the book, The One Thing, which had a real profound impact in the way I worked. And it says something like, you're a maker in the morning and a manager in the afternoon. And for me, that just really helped because now, when, whenever it comes to the podcast meetings, I, I know for me, it's not even a decision. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be in the afternoon. Uh, and I think that one thing in my business has, has really transformed the way, uh, the way I work. And, and then coupled to that, I think a belief, I don't know if this is a belief or more of an understanding of myself, because I've really tried to understand what puts me in flow and what doesn't put me in flow. 
And I don't know if you can relate to this, but there's certain things where you'll find yourself moving on the calendar all the time. You're procrastinating with it. You're moving on the calendar. Uh, you're, you're like, you're half in it. You're half multitasking. You're just not really there. And honestly, and you probably need to just delegate that or you need to stop doing it or just automate it, right? Dumb delegate automate is what one of my mentors told me. Um, but then also tuning into what makes my feet go numb, what makes me completely immersed into the experience where I lose body sensations. Then I'm like, oh, I need to do a lot more of that because that's where I can add the most value. And I think, I don't know if that's a habit or a belief or a thought process, but it's just, I think it's a self-awareness that as high performers, we need to understand what we're really good at. And one thing I keep asking myself a lot in the last one to two years is like, how can I give them, how can I offer the most value in the company I'm in uh, or in the business I'm in instead of like, what's my role? Because you have a team, right? And, and, and I have a team as well. And, and it's like, how can I get out of the way of the team so they can do their thing? And where do I add the most value? And it's a really difficult question sometimes. Uh, maybe it's potentially just a stage of the journey. I'm at, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But it's a difficult question I keep trying to ask myself because it, it takes a lot of self-awareness of understanding, like, where am I playing in this in this team? And where do I give the most value? And then coupled with that, it's like, okay, well, then what, what brings me the most joy in that? And what do I just need to get rid of? And I think those that that sort of habit, thought process, belief is is, is really it's changed it's changed my life in many ways in the last few years but i think it's also like i'm excited to see where that's going to take me in the next five years yeah yeah i mean yeah there's a, there's a lot to unpack there my friend uh uh yeah one one of the my favorite books is also the one thing again by gary keller so i'm glad you brought that up uh great phenomenal book but you know uh the maker in the morning um a manager in the afternoon that's a great philosophy for a lot of these uh, people listening you you are for most people, their creative genius, their energies are really highest in that morning. And so you want to use it for high value tasks and then sort of where you can sort of turn your brain off and do you know, a little bit more mundane things. That's usually in the afternoon. Um, and I, I like the fact that you're, you know, your, your decision-making paradigm has shifted. sounds like over the last couple of years yeah, and, yeah. and, and your and allocation of energies and resources, like where is Akash really like if he goes here, boom, the company explodes. Boom, he's really creative. Boom, the value he gives to the world increases. That's that's where you want to find. And that's like, I guess, intersecting between flow state and 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 uh, triaging tasks and triaging roles and saying, hey, where if I can, you know, automate, delegate, delete, you know, give it to other folks and where where, where, where do I shine? So that's great. So you figure out your zone of genius and um was it difficult? I mean, you were probably coaching people one-on-one. You're doing all these yeah, things yeah. before and you're doing so many things. And now you've been giving things away to others so you can focus on that creative genius. So what is that to you now? What is your zone of genius? Well, this is what I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, I'm, 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 I mean, doing things like this is, 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 is one of them, um, you know, raising them. I, I get very, I get very excited talking about what we do. Um, and, 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 and I think communication is, is one of them when it's written or, or, or in video. I think those that, that's one area but I think it's also just leading the team and and being there for the team who you know driving I, I'm, I'm very much ahead of the clouds visionary type of guy you know and I'm always thinking like you know where can we build this product right where can we build this service and then I'm like but then the actual project manager of it that's not me you know like, I remember when we did the rebrand last year one feedback one of the team said to me was Akash can we next time can you next time can we hire a project manager because uh you weren't very good at, uh, at executing it so I was like 
Yeah, well, well noted. And uh, I, I yeah. believe me, I completely understand it. And and here's something that might be of value to, to your listeners is, I think the best time to really tune into this is when you're actually going through a body transformation. Because when you're restricting on uh, calories and you're very high on activity and you've got a lot of accountability around what you're doing and, and hitting a certain level of condition, your tolerance for BS goes through the roof, uh, through, goes through the floor, right? You just can't tolerate anything. And you become very essentialist in the way you, you deal with your, your, your energy and your behaviors. So for example, right now I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a shred and, and I'm trying to get into ridiculous condition. And the, the, what comes with low body fat is, you know, you, 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 you just don't want to do anything you don't want to do. But what I'm doing now is I'm tuning into that. So when do I feel like really like, oh, I just don't want to do this. And then I know, ah, oh, this is something I shouldn't even be doing. Ah. And it's a really good way. It's a good filter of like, firstly, from a work perspective, but also when you get a social invite, ah, oh, you fancy going there? I'm like, oh, do I really want to spend time with that person? And it's a good way to audit your life. And I think we we live our lives, as, you know, if we're high performers, we have a lot of things going on, right? There's this there's always so many opportunities there's there's things we can go to the hardest thing is knowing what to say no to what to say yes to when you're going through a body transformation it's such an easy way to filter out what you should and should be doing and uh that's something i think is a hidden benefit that many people don't realize that that's becomes more than just the physical and that's where you can use a physical as a vehicle to really make changes in your life that's brilliant man i love that um one of the paradigms i i i like to do is like if if, if things are not a hell yes then it automatically becomes a no, right? It has to yeah. be like, I'm I'm really pumped. I, this is something for sure. So if you're wishy-washy or it's even marginal, we, we have so, so limited time on this earth and so little time to do what we need to do that we can't do obligations and trivialities. We need to do, you know. But it, the major thing things. is, yeah. what people, where people struggle is actually breaking out of that. And I think that's where a process of restriction, especially in calories and, and body fat it can it can be a real eye-opener for many people i love how you're using like you know this uh sort of not fasting state but this kind of like you know altered nutritional state as almost a barometer to isolate you know joyous activities from you know less less Absolutely. high energy activities yeah yeah um, i think it's one of the awesome. best things people can do <laughs> i like that man that's that's great uh you know what? Uh, let me ask you this. How is a failure or parent failure set you up for later success? And if you happen to have a favorite failure, could you share with the, with the, with the audience? Is it a parent failure? Yeah. Or you thought you failed, but maybe it ended up being, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, the one I always come back to is uh, when I was 17 years old. And it, I see it as a, I, I count it as like a failure that changed my life. But it was... Um, I was, I was always destined to be a lawyer, right? I wanted to be follow my father's footsteps and, and study law. And outside of the fact that I, I discovered the gym, I got dragged into the gym and I realized like, wow, this, this is where I want to be at in the rest of my life. I also didn't do well in my grades that year. I couldn't get the grades that I needed for law school anyway. So for me, and I, I remember getting the results because this was before I discovered the gym and I got those results and I thought to myself, how am I gonna? How am I gonna become a lawyer? You know, I've, I've, I've not. I didn't fail my grades, but the grades would have got me into, you know, not not the school that I wanted to get into. And, but it, and then it was only a few weeks later that I discovered the gym, and then it was a few months later where I discovered I actually want to change my career. 
but for me it was that that failure point i look back and think it just it was one of the many sort of dominoes that led to where i am now and and for me it was just a case of at the time it was a disaster i look back and i thought well it's a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to kind of fall into this path a lot easier um which has been the best decision i ever made that's awesome man um do you uh, ever feel overwhelmed, unfocused, or lost? And you know, how do you get your drive and your um, your determination back? Uh, I know there are times in your training that you've fallen off the wagon, and you've talked about it in your book. You've also talked about now sometimes in business, there's some plateaus. How do you how do you stay focused on your north star? And yeah. what advice would you have for these high performers in in both their nutritional strategies and their life business strategy? What I've tried to do a lot more recently with, with business that's really helped is keeping that North Star super visible, um, but also having uh, always having mentors around me to hold me to that. But actually, the person who does this more than anyone is my wife. So she's very clear what I want to achieve. Uh, she's involved in the business in certain ways as well. And I said, I say to her, whenever I'm overwhelmed, look, I just need to run my thought process through with you. And the good news is she gives me the hardest truths and calls me out my BS all the time. And, and so she's literally my filter. She'll say, look, Akash, don't worry about this now. This is not something for now. Because my, my biggest problem is going too far in the future. Yes. Be like, I'm worrying about something like it's not even happened. Right. And it's like, it's like, yeah, we could try this in that year or try this uh, model and that. She's like, just focus on now. You've got, you've got all these things to focus on, focus on now. And I think that's probably the best way I actually deal with my overwhelm is vocalizing it to people that will give me raw honest truth so i think that the bigger bigger lesson there is to have people around you whether it's your wife or a mentor or an associate someone who understands the business understands where you want to go and then isn't isn't scared to tell you how it is it's probably something similar in nutrition and training is having people around you holding yourself to high standards and i think whenever, whenever i've fallen off the when, so in those experiences that you're referring to the book in 2014 where i won a bodybuilding show then i went on all-inclusive rebounded 13 kilos in seven weeks crazy right but it taught me how to come out of dieting properly but what did i do what did i do when i reflect back what things i stopped doing i stopped taking pictures i stopped weighing myself and i basically stopped uh, having any sort of professional accountability so all those accountability mechanisms that got me into shape i suddenly just decided actually i don't need them and and i think that's where people go wrong and that's why i still weigh myself regularly i still take pictures every single week because to me it's not it's not an obsessive or anything like that it's just standards and I hold myself to high standards. Hmm. Health and fitness is a high priority. If I'm taking pictures every single week, I'm seeing visibly, am I in control of my health and fitness? And if it's, if it's sliding out of control, then something else is up and, and, and that needs to be addressed. And as, you know, as we start to wrap up here, here's, here's the question that a lot of the doctors you know, I, I, that I, I coach or I, you know, that listen to the podcast, they come to me with, you know, Hey, they're like, you know, Akash, what's the number one reason, you know, doctors struggle with their health and energy after the age of 35, you know, like this is, you know, they, they've achieved so much success. They even exercise, they, they go to orange theory, they go to CrossFit, you know, they do things, but they're not at the level they want. Their digestion is off. Their energy is still not where they want to be. They come home tired. And, and I know a lot of people still yeah. work out. They have that Peloton's at home. They have everything. What's, yeah. what's, what's holding them back? Why are they not? at their ultimate vitality, ultimate transformation, ultimate health? I think with a lot of doctors, what I found having worked with many uh, MDs is they might be doing a lot of things, but they're rarely doing it properly and they're rarely in good body composition. 
they're, they're very in, in good body composition range. They tend to, the ones I have worked with, they're doing a lot of the biohacking. They're doing a lot of the supposed right things. They're, they're training, they're attending all these classes. They're doing, they're doing so much, right? But when you look at their pictures, I'm like, are you actually doing anything? Because they're not in shape and they're not in, they're not in good healthy body composition range from a performance mindset range. They might be in a good BMI, but I'm saying from a high performance high cognition, high energy perspective, they need to get leaner. That's what the, that's where I think most of the, the issues actually lie. And if they actually simplify, work hard on the right things and actually dial back a bit because they're probably doing too much, sleep more, they will, uh, they will achieve the right body composition to then give them the energy that they want. Yeah. And I think you, know, you can the, attest to that. I, I can attest to that because I used to work out six days a week. And when I dropped to four, actually, gain muscle, yeah. had more energy and yeah. I had more, you know, uh, vitality. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I'm vegan. I'm vegetarian. You know, I can't lift weights or I'm like, well, I don't have protein sources. So yeah. I think we'll, we'll start wrapping up here with this question. Cause this is a new transformation for Mr. Akash yeah. here. Yeah. He has shown the world how to become vegan bodybuilder or vegan muscle building strategy. So can you share with the audience about some of the latest strategies you've you've started unlocking? Yeah, so I, I cut out meat in August 2021. Uh, in fact, you said the biggest thing I've changed probably been that cut out meat, going from a kilo of meat a day to now cutting it out, and then went fully vegan uh, January 1st. I feel better than I've ever felt before. Uh, I'm shocked at the strength gains I'm making. Uh, I can't believe all the myths I had around veganism and vegetarian and plant-based diets all being shattered every single week. And the biggest things I would say are we don't need as much protein as we think we do. You know, we, we, can, we can do well on 0.8 grams per pound, uh, which isn't as much as the old bodybuilding magazines used to say you need two grams of protein per pound. 0.8 is more than enough. Uh, I think it's now easier than ever to, to follow a vegan diet and still get a, a good amount of protein. I think you should still focus on fruits, vegetables, legumes, beans, and good good sources of soy and, and some protein powder. And you can do everything you every you can achieve everything you want. And I think people who are interested, uh, just because I think it's we're, we're wrapping up, but for those who are interested, just follow my Road to Vegan Shredded YouTube series. And I, I it'll be a very insightful, uh insightful documentary series on what it's like from a performance fitness health perspective because i think what's a lot what a lot of um stuff on veganism has been discussed is ethics and uh in many ethics where what's been missing is something for fitness in that we understand the ethical and environmental and climate change concerns but when someone says ah but i don't want to lose my fitness gains that's where this this documentary will be really useful that's awesome, guys. That's called Road to Vegan Shredded. It's a YouTube series that Akash is doing uh, to document the journey because this is a really important piece. I, I, there's a lot of people who are interested in being healthy, but being healthy and fit is a very rare combination. And I, mm. I think Akash is really leading the field in this. So thank you, brother. That was awesome. And, you know, they want, I'm sure you're going to have a ton of people who are interested in either working with you, signing up with you. How, how do they work with you, man? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for, uh, firstly, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Yeah. Uh, to find out more, go to www.rntfitness.com, uh, which I'm sure you can put in the, the show notes. Uh, check out the book, Transform Your Body, Transform Your Life. Follow me on Instagram at Akash Fagela or at RNT underscore fitness. 
and and just reach out if you've got any any way I can help. If you've got any questions, just drop me a DM, and uh, I'd love to love to help you. Guys, there you have it, man. If you listen to this advice, you will be healthy, fit, uh, a high performer, and hopefully one day shredded. So follow the advice. All the all the information is in the show notes below. Akash, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.